Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC Studios, it's Brian Lehrer, a daily politics podcast. It's Wednesday, August 10th. And now for our climate story of the week. It's advice for how to get more solar energy into your life. On Sunday, as most of you heard, the Senate passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which, among other things, includes a $369 billion tag for energy and climate initiatives. Some of this money is intended to make solar panels more affordable for more Americans. Now, the act must still pass a vote in the House, but it looks likely, and if it does... Americans will be further incentivized to begin incorporating solar energy into our lives in more ways. There are already some incentives at the state and local level in different places, but the process of outfitting our homes for solar energy can seem daunting. So how do we get started? What happens when it's cloudy? And how exactly do we take advantage of these new possible federal incentives? Here to discuss and to give you advice is Noah Ginsberg, co-director of programs at Solar One, which is a green energy education center in New York City. Noah, thanks for joining us, and welcome to WNYC. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Brian. Can you start with the, the basic of the cost of switching to solar energy if your home, let's say a private house for the moment, has a traditional heating source? Sure, absolutely, Brian. So the cost of installing solar today is more affordable than it's ever been. The costs have come down significantly over the last decade as the technologies improve and as the companies doing this work have gotten more savvy and scaled up. To put solar onto a typical home uh, in the United States today typically is going to cost anywhere to the tune of fifteen to thirty thousand um, dollars. That that being said, there are a lot of financing options. Uh, many people who install solar on their home do it with a zero down financing option, like a lease, a power purchase agreement, or a low interest loan. And do people go solar only, or do they go solar with fossil fuel backup? How does it generally work? Yeah, so when a, a homeowner or building owner installs solar, um, that is to offset their electricity bills. So. Um, Traditionally, electricity is generated at large central power plants and delivered by the utilities. Um, If you put solar on your own rooftop, you're generating your own solar power. Uh, You own it, you control it, and it directly reduces your reliance on electricity. Um, And there are solar buyback programs too, right? If you're generating solar energy in your home, that's energy that you don't have to take from the grid, from the power company, but they will also sometimes buy excess energy from you. I've seen advertisements for that. How does that work? Yeah, that's right. So if you install solar on on your rooftop, um, you typically want to size your solar energy system to offset your annual electricity consumption. And solar is a variable resource. So the sun is shining during the day. That's when you're going to get the majority of your electric generation. Um, You're going to be injecting electric power into the grid, essentially running your meter backwards during the daytime. And then at night and on those cloudy days, you draw power from the grid and you basically build a bank of credits on those nice sunny days that you can dip into in the winter and at night. So do people eventually, because of that, make their fifteen to $30,000 initial investment back? Or for the good of the planet, we just have to 
you know, as many of us who are willing to do it voluntarily pay more for energy? No. So, so basically everybody who installs solar is saving money. Um, solar, if you purchase it, will typically pay for itself in the New York City metro region and anywhere from five to seven years is typical um, that you would recoup that investment. Um, there are state, local, and federal incentives that help to accelerate that return on investment. Um, and then keep in mind that we have some of the highest electricity rates in the country. So if you generate your own solar power, uh, fundamentally, that's a really good investment. Pat in East Windsor, New Jersey, you're on WNYC. Hi, Pat. Hi. Um, I have a historic home, and the uh, roof is peg and post construction. It dates to 1800, and I'm wondering about weight from a solar array on a roof like that. Would it handle it, or is it a no-go? How do you know? Um, most most buildings uh, can handle the weight of a solar installation. Uh, truthfully, solar is not that heavy, um, and it's really a flexible technology. There are a lot of different ways that you can mount it. Um, you know, it does require some engineering, but um, I wouldn't anticipate that that would be the challenge. Um, another thing to be mindful of if you have a historic home is if there are any uh, restrictions from your town, um, if it's a historic district, you know, the, the aesthetics of it might be something to consider as well. Pat, I hope that's helpful. Ben in Freeport, you're on WNYC. Hi, Ben. Hi, good morning. My question is this. Um, I have an older house. I can't put an electric array on my roof, but I certainly would be happy to put up a solar hot water unit. And we've got houses all over the neighborhood. And think about the hundreds of tens of thousands of houses out here where you could basically curtail energy use from, say, April until October because you could be using the sun to heat your hot water. But yet none of that is available, and there doesn't seem to be a huge interest from the solar companies on doing that. It would also be very inexpensive for people to have. Yeah, that's that, that's a really um, great and interesting point. Um, the solar industry early in the early days, uh, solar thermal systems that capture the sun's heat were very popular. Um, but really over the last 10, 15 years, as the cost of solar electric systems have come way down, um, and because electricity is, is quite expensive, the solar industry has really shifted over, and the majority of solar companies today primarily do solar electric installations. So that informs uh, the ability to do things like for heating hot water. Yeah, I think it's it's certainly still possible. It, it's really um, it, it's slightly more complicated. Uh, solar hot water system is uh, a thermal system and a plumbing system. Um, so I guess my my only advice would be. Um, that if you do move forward with a solar hot water system, just make sure that you're working with a reputable contractor who has good references, has done projects in your area, and really understands plumbing. Mark in Jersey City has a personal success story, I think. Mark, you're on WNYC. Hi there. Hi there. Um, yeah, I live in Jersey City, just across the river, and uh, I, I live in a historic district and have had solar for 10 years now on my roof and it basically works out to like a slightly net negative utility bill over the course of a year, like wow. maybe a few hundred dollars negative. Um, and, uh, you know, it's worked out terrifically. And I have this old house that was built in 1860 with a solar array on top, no problem. 
the big issue is you got to have a really good survey before you commit to doing it because you know like some some buildings might have more shadow on the roof than others and that's really key to having a successful install mark good tip thank you very much gonna go right to luvo in morristown you're on wnyc hi luvo hi uh how are you today good Uh, i have a two-part two-part question please um I investigated already solars for my roof. Uh, I own the house. And I'm still a little bit torn between the idea of buying, which is a lot of upfront, uh, upfront costs versus leasing the system. Um, and then the second part of the question, in New Jersey, do you know if there's any incentives um, as far as tree pruning or tree cutting because I get a shade in the morning only, a partial shade on the roof. Two good questions. How about leasing versus buying? No. Sure, yeah, so so that's a, that's a great question, a really important question, and ultimately it does depend on sort of an, an individual or a building's preferences and needs. Um, doing a, a lease is a good option if uh, you don't have money to put in upfront and you don't want to take out a loan. Um, is also uh, it also limits kind of any uh, any mon- like maintenance that you might need to do where that becomes the responsibility of the solar company. Again, solar doesn't really require a lot of maintenance, so um, I don't think that's such a big consideration. Um, you know, ownership does deliver more long-term savings to a homeowner, um, but uh, one one nice thing about uh, leases is that again, it's no money out of pocket, and a lot of leases do have buyout options. So one thing that you can consider if you're on the fence is, um, you know, look closely at your contract and ask ask the salesperson if there's an option to buy out the lease, say after five, ten years, and then you can become the owner of the system that way. Um, I'm not familiar with any uh, incentives that are available for tree pruning, but you are raising a really good point, which is that the, a key ingredient for generating solar power is the sun. So uh, to determine if your building is good for solar, uh, one of the first things to do is just to Basically, can see if your if your rooftop is shaded. The majority of the work that we do at Solar One is with building owners in New York City. Tree shade is sometimes an issue in the outer boroughs, but um, there's also considerations for are you right next to a taller building. Luvo, thank you. I hope that's helpful. Uh, now, all the calls that we've gotten so far from people who live in private homes, single-family homes, it sounds like, um, but you're talking about you're using the word buildings. So, can people who live in apartment buildings, have their landlords, or if you are the landlord, uh, or in co-ops, uh, do anything with you know what we think of as, say, New York City area apartment buildings and solar energy. Absolutely. Um, so um, my nonprofit, Solar One, through Tiercom Solar Program, we principally focus on these kinds of buildings. We've worked, we've you know runs the gamut. We've worked with a lot of homeowners. But a lot of our work is with multifamily buildings, with co-ops and condos, with rental buildings, a lot of work with affordable housing, uh, including getting solar onto public housing here in the city. Um, and and solar solar works. It's really a great investment. Um, the payback period of five to seven years is typical for a homeowner, uh, but for a private landlord, uh, it could be even faster than that because they get additional incentives. Um, and so. There, it's really right now is really a great time to go solar, kind of regardless of what type of building you happen to be in. New York State just increased their incentives for solar this summer, 
Um, so even before the Inflation Reduction Act passed the, the Senate, um, we were billing uh, this as the summer of solar um, because it's really the, the best that the incentives have ever been. Um, we had that caller before who was comparing the advantages of buying or leasing solar panels. Here's Mindy, a realtor in Montclair, who has something to say about that. Mindy, you're on WNYC. Hi. Hi. Okay, thanks. So I have just been uh, trying to sell a house with solar panels, and it's become extremely complicated. Um, it's not as easy as, you see, as it seems to sell. If you lease, you have to sell the lease to the person who's buying, and it's a lot of money, and you don't know if it's, what if they're 10 years old. If you want to do your roof over, you have to pay a certain amount of money to the company to take off, let's say, 16 panels and put the 16 panels back on. If you, um, that's if you own it. And if you're trying to transfer a lease, there's like a 25,000, it's a lot of money and it's very complicated and it gets in the way of selling the house. So, Mindy, so do you recommend then, as a realtor, having gone through these sale experiences, um, that it's better to buy the solar panels, if you can, than to lease? I think this is a horrible thing to say, but I wouldn't put them on my house. It's too complicated when I want to, when I want to go to sell my house. I think oh, you have to really figure out that you're going to stay in that house for a really long time. And that if you want to do your roof over, because it only lasts a certain amount of time, it's going to be much more expensive than having the roof done. Mindy, thank you very much. Noah, what do you say? Uh, I guess I'll start by saying, Mindy, I'm sorry to say that you're having a rough go of it uh, with this home sale. I mean, in my experience, um, having worked for residential solar companies that do roof leases, um, transferring a lease, generally speaking, is very straightforward. Um, solar roof leases provide, typically they're providing guaranteed utility bill savings uh, to a home so uh, a buyer, generally speaking, would have no issue adopting a lease. Um, the solar company typically guarantees the output um, of the system for the duration of the lease. So I haven't heard that. Um, I haven't heard that for, but I I think it's an interesting point. Um, and um, you know, on on the general point about how you wouldn't put solar on your roof, I guess what I what I would say to that is I think that every home in this country is going to put solar on the roof, and the question is how soon and. Uh, with the uh, New York State has really been a leader. New York City has really been a leader. Passing climate legislation in 2019, that's been really jumpstarting the market in a really exciting way. Um, with this federal support um, and the Inflation Reduction Act, really mimicking a lot of the best things in uh, state and local um, climate policy, I think we're going to see solar on every rooftop in the country. So we're going to end with Damien in Bridgeport, who has a question about whether a certain aspect is covered by these new incentives uh, that seem to be coming down the pike from the Inflation Reduction Act. Damien, you're on WNYC. We have about 20 seconds for you. Hi, Brian. Thanks. First time caller. Um, I'm remodeling my home and considering to put on a Tesla shingle style solar roof, uh, mainly because of the aesthetic. I don't like the aesthetics of solar panels. Um, do you know, do you have any experience with this kind of uh Proof, and do you know if it's covered under the new legislation? Damien, thank you. And Noah, in your last answer here, we have under a minute, um, include how people should start in general to take advantage of whatever local or maybe coming down the pike national incentives there are. 
Sure. Yeah. So solar shingles, I don't personally have experience working on projects with solar shingles. They would be covered um, with the new added incentives for solar that are included in the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, and I guess, you know, one thing I'll say is that that um, solar is more affordable and more accessible than ever before. We talked a lot on this segment about rooftop solar for homeowners, but solar works for affordable housing. It works for multifamily buildings, co-ops and condos. Solar even works for renters. I'm a renter and I enrolled in a local community solar project that provided me with guaranteed bill savings. So the, the technology is there. Um, the state and local government has really been a leader and uh, with federal support, I think we're gonna see a lot of adoption happening quickly. Um, if folks are interested in solar, uh, there are a lot of resources that are available online. Um, there is, uh, if you're a building owner in New York City, uh, the New York City Accelerator Program is a great resource that'll provide free assistance for a partner on their Summer of Solar campaign. Um, and uh, if you're interested in uh, solar in New York City, you can obviously reach out to us at Solar One. And that's our Climate Story of the Week on The Brian Lehrer Show. Advice for going solar, especially in light of the incentives about to come down in the Inflation Reduction Act. We thank Noah Ginsberg, co-director of programs at Solar One, a green energy education center in New York City. Noah, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Brian Lehrer, a daily politics podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.